The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for joining us again here on Winning Ponies. I think I've got two guests that you've liked in the past, and you're going to like them again. Our first guest will be Corey Johnson, of course, uh, a lot of people know him now as one of the co-owners of Kentucky Downs, but what an innovator he is. And, and, and Corey, you know, he's another one of those Arizona State University grads, but he's done everything from uh, rubbing horses. Uh, he shot up through the management ranks uh, doing publicity and marketing at Turf Paradise, Arlington Park, Louisiana Downs, Remington Park, Lone Star Park. I'm going to ask if we just can't keep a job, but he's got a great job now. He's a real innovator and, of course, Kentucky Downs, nothing but turf, America's most European-style racetrack. And he is putting together a new platform called Jockey Talk 360. Well, that's not as newest. Now it's Turf Talk 360. So we're going to talk to Corey uh, about Turf Talk 360 and about the money that he has moved around and is helping Ellis Park and the Horsemen of Kentucky. It's a pretty amazing figure. We'll get to that in the first segment. And then in the bottom segment, a lot of action out at Oak Lawn Park. Uh, We've got, uh, you know, um, tomorrow is the Apple Blossom, which is always a very good race and attracted a tough field. And how about the Fantasy? Several horses that are sitting on go for the Kentucky Oaks are going to be in the Fantasy. And that's Cal Paso, Benner Island, Vexatious, Chanel's Legacy, and Spooky Woods. So uh, we'll see who gets the points there because it is a big points race. 100 for first, 40 for second, 20 for third, and 10 for fourth. So we'll be talking to Mary Rampolini, who covers it for the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, she is our uh, boots on the ground at Oak Lawn Park. Of course, there's some other very good racing out there this weekend. I mentioned the Apple Blossom also on the Friday card, but that's not one you really want to handicap too much because it is the seasonal debut of Stellar Wind. If that sounds like a familiar name, Stellar Wind is the horse that handed not one, but two defeats to the great beholder last year. So Stellar Wind already listed as odds on in the grade one Apple Blossom. Now, also out at Oaklawn Park, there's going to be the Arkansas Derby, grade one, million dollars on the line. And we're going to see if we can answer the question marks on Classic Empire. As you know, in his debut, he went off the odds on favorite in the Holy Bull. And ended up running third. Since then, they found a foot abscess. Uh, he's had some 
kind of quirky training issues where he didn't want to go to the track or didn't want to work. Uh, things were spooking him. Uh, so they took him to a smaller uh, training center. And, uh, you know, he looks like he's going in the right direction. But, you know, he's he's got 32 derby points. So he's kind of uh, right there, right on the edge. And, of course, in this race, um, if he runs third, he'll get 20 points, and that will put him in uh, should the Cassies want to go in that direction. But I'd like to see Classic Empire return to his form of old. Of course, he was last year's uh, Eclipse Award winning two-year-old, the son of Pioneer Nile, again, trained by Mark Cassie. Uh, A couple other horses that are going to be looking uh, for points in there, too, Uh, one of them being uh, untrapped. He's right sitting on 20th. We'll see if he could get bumped by another horse in this race. So this race, very important to them. And Malagasy, if that's how you say it, comes from the Pletcher barn. Uh, Malagasy is no problemo as far as uh, him probably uh, uh, getting in there with, with that impressive win in the Rebel Stakes. He's now three for three for Todd Pletcher. And again, an authoritative win in the Rebel. Just kick clear in there. Javier Castellano into ride. The problem is he drew the far, far outside post. So we'll be talking to Mary Rampolini and uh, see what she thinks about uh, how that race is going to shake out. Also at Oaklawn, the Oaklawn Handicap, that's a grade two, and the grade three Count Fleet Sprint Handicap. So again, we'll be uh, leaning on Mary Rampolini for her insight to those races. Now, you can see there's plenty on the handicapping plate this week. So you want to go to winningponies.com and you want to pick up those easy win forms. Another big week uh, from coast to coast. If you're playing uh, uh, the big A at Aqueduct, that was our biggest hit of the week. It was a lucky 13th for $1 pick five, 10000 $397 worth the price of an easy win for him, wasn't it? Uh, in Chicago Town, Hawthorne, a $2 pick six paid $4,572. And let's, uh, a good week at Aqueduct, we had three big hits in addition to that first one. We had a $2 pick six that paid $2,700 and a $1 pick four that paid $2,705. Easy win forms, easy to get, winning ponies. Com. Okay, that's some of the action that's going to be uh, coming up this week. And a big decision had to be made by my friend Brian Hernandez. Got to see him down at Keeneland this week. He was the featured speaker on their kind of jock talk segment on Saturday morning. And uh, he has decided that he is going to stick with McCracken. Uh, McCracken, of course, uh, ran in the Toyota Bluegrass Stakes, and we'll be giving you that result in a little bit, but didn't win the race, but still uh, shouldn't have a problem, uh, you know, getting in the Derby. He's already got that that race in Kentucky put him at 40 points, and 40 points uh, gets you in. So uh, he's going to take off Gervin, and Mike Smith decided to pick up the mount on Gervin, who right now is the number one points leader 
going into the Kentucky Derby. So this always happens a couple of weeks before the Derby. It's uh, musical jockeys as far as who's going to be on what, because some of these guys have decisions that they have to make and outfits that they've uh, stayed true to. And I think I hinted last week that I thought that no matter what happened, that uh, Brian Hernandez was going to stick with McCracken because he is a uh, very true to Ian Wilkes. Ian has put him on a lot of winners. They've worked together on some great horses. And coming into the bluegrass, he was undefeated. But he, you know, missed some training, got some setbacks uh, since the Sam Davis. And uh, according to Ian Wilkes after the race, he said, you know, sometimes a defeat just makes you stronger. So it doesn't sound like he's going to dodge anybody on the first Saturday in May. So things are starting to shake out here, but we won't really know as far as the Oaks and the Derby until we see the the Arkansas Derby and a race that we're going to want to talk to, to, to Mary about, and that would be the Grade 3 Fantasy at Oaklawn Park. Again, big Oaks points. So again, pull down your easy win forms. Hopefully we can give you some winners. But okay, we know where Brian Hernandez is, is going to go. We also want to congratulate Rajiv Mara. Big win last week with a horse that ought to put him in the Kentucky Derby. The Wood Memorial Irish War Cry for the first time faced battalion runner and six more Derby hopefuls at Aqueduct. Uh, they sat off the pace before dueling with battalion runner. And uh, it was pretty much uh, those two horses down the lane. Irish War Cry is going to get a lot of action on the first Saturday in May. Congratulations to Rajiv Maraj. You know he was injured for a good part of last year. Glad to see that uh, he came back. So uh, that makes Maraj the third leading rider by earnings um, with 633000 And uh, the fourth leading rider by stakes earnings of just shy of a half a million dollars. Now, if you hopefully watched the Santa Anita Derby, you saw the horse that I said for some reason has been sticking in my head, and that is Gormley. And Gormley got the job done in the Santa Anita Derby. The grade one, well, uh, it was uh, pr- pretty uh, interesting uh, race to say the least. It was pretty much uh, a Royal Moe and Battle of Midway way in front early. Uh, they were uh, were joined by American Anthem, the highly touted Bob Baffert horse, who was no longer being ridden by Mike Smith. Obviously, he's going to Gervin. Um, but anyhow, those horses were way out in front. It was hard to believe somebody was going to make up ground. But it was Gormley who made up the ground and got the job done. <laughs> Look who's the rider. Victor Espinoza, a very strong finish. Again, That was a mile and an eighth. Can he stretch to a mile and a quarter on the first Saturday in May? We will find out. But the official order of finish was Gormley on top of Battle of Midway, a Jerry Hollendorfer trainee. And on the outside, Royal Moe took down the third spot at 11 to 1. Again, that was the Santa Anita Derby. And... We know where Gormley's going to be on the first Saturday in May. We know where he's going to be, too, when he's done racing. It looks like uh, Spendthrift Farm will be his home. Uh, They've uh, acquired the breeding rights uh, to Gormley. And the fact that uh, he's a son of Malibu Moon, uh, who's been AP's Indy's best sire over the course of the last decade. And uh, so they're going to try to kind of 
keep it in the family, Gormley, of course, being a son of Malibu Moon, and he will be going to Spendthrift Farm for his fun years as a stud. Well, somebody else also going to stud, but not going out in a highlight. One of the biggest, most beautiful horses I ever saw, grade one winner, Dortmund, has been retired um he just uh, doesn't seem to have uh you know have, have clicked in the last couple races of course he was uh moved over to the art sherman barn who's uh kind of scratching his head a little bit and uh so nonetheless there's no current stud deal in place for dortman of course he's received plenty of inquiries he retires with a record of eight two and two from 16 starts just missed getting two million dollars so uh, we know that uh, that uh, Dortmund's uh, career is over there but his career in the stud barn has been determined all right let's take a look at some of the big races that we looked at last week of course uh, the Toyota Bluegrass has never been won by a maiden can't say that anymore Doug O'Neill and Redham Racing used the services of Julian Le Peru, got a perfect trip with IRAP to take down the field in the Toyota Bluegrass Stakes. And uh, right next to him was Practical Joke in the second spot. The horse had finished second in the Fountain of Youth. And McCracken, as I stated earlier, got the third spot. Though I'll tell you what, McCracken looked like he was bothered a little bit in the race by Practical Joe, kind of got tightened up. I'm not making a big excuse for him, but uh, I, I wouldn't uh, throw, throw McCracken out just yet. Okay, we also looked at the Central Bank Ashland. Big scare in here from an Ohio bred. That's right. It was someday soon, a 21 to 1 shot that led the whole way, but the final 40 yards and catching someday soon was Sailor's Valentine at 22 to 1, who pretty much ran in second most of the race. And in the third spot for Kenny McPeak was Daddy's Little Darling. Then the Madison at Keeneland. This was the 16th running of the Madison, and it was Paula's silver lining. This was a thriller. Just got up by a neck, and she was the slight favorite, so a lot of people happy to be cashing those tickets at, at Keeneland, and the horse that had just got up over was Constellation, a horse with a lot of question marks around it. Jerry Hollendorfer shipping in from the West Coast, and the third spot was paid-up subscriber, and of course, uh, we already did uh, mention uh, the, the, the Wood Memorial Irish War Cry. Get the job done at seven to two that was pretty nice odds right there battalion runner did hang on for the second spot and in third was cloud computing all right that's um putting 10 pounds in a five pound bag we got a lot of race action but right now we've got uh, a uh, one of our favorite guests a returning recurring guest here on winning ponies Corey johnson going to take a quick break you're listening to winning ponies Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, as stated at the top of the show, Corey Johnson is going to be back on with us. Uh, He just keeps... uh, coming up with uh, new and bright and innovative ideas, all that uh, end up uh, benefiting the sport uh, for sure. And again, at the top of the show, I, I related back to the fact that, you know, this guy was a, was a groom at Centennial Park uh, back in his college days uh, before he graduated. And uh, I've had chances to meet Corey all along his uh, uh, kind of stair-step rise uh, to ownership at Kentucky Downs uh, through Turf Paradise, Arlington Park. Louisiana Downs, Remington Park, Lone Star Park. Of course, uh, he uh, you know helped uh, put together the Super Derby. So uh, if I keep talking about his resume, this section will be over. Corey Johnson, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, Corey, you know, and the, the reason I like to tell our listeners all the things you've done uh, is, is not to give you a huge pat on the back, though you deserve it. But I like people that are in management positions in thoroughbred racing that have worked their way up because I think you get a better well-rounded opinion of what goes into getting us on the center stage and I think you have more respect for each of those departments that you eventually are over. Yeah, there's an important foundation that when you've kind of come up from the bottom and in any business, but especially horse racing, it's so complicated. And there are so many different entities that are in your constituency. I Sometimes I kiddingly talk about it's like being the mayor of a small town. You know what I mean? We've got all <laughs> kinds of things that you have to understand and that you have to worry about. And um, so that, that's why it's been really beneficial for me through my career to have that foundation, you know, that I did in from basically the bottom up. Uh, so, and, and it's also, I have a tremendous passion for the game. I love it. Uh, I think it's a great sport. I love the participants. I mean, it's been that way ever since I, you know, started, uh, you know, when I was before my senior year in college, when I groomed race horses, you know, I fell in love with the sport, the horses, the other participants. So, I've just really been blessed my whole life to, this is all I've done. And anytime that I can do something that's going to better the industry, I'm going to do it first and foremost. 
Well, uh, those those are, are very true w- words, I can guarantee our, our listeners. And uh, I know that uh, you're behind uh, Jockey Talk uh, 360. Um, and, of course, we do your Jockey of the Week every week here on Winning Ponies. Uh, but now uh, you're creating a, a, a sister entity, shall we say, in TurfTalk360.com. Explain to our audience what that is and what they're going to see and how they get there. Well, you know, first and foremost, this comes from a guy who's the president, part owner of a track that only runs turf racing. So (laughs) maybe it's a little bit self-serving, but I just love turf racing. It's not just because of Kentucky Downs, but I I do. And, And I think, you know, our industry loves it, too, from the horse player to the horseman to the horse to the jockey. Um, and what's, we did a study and we found that, boy, 15 years ago, we were running 50,000 dirt races and we ran about 5,000 turf races. And now we have about 34,000 dirt races, maybe fewer, but we've got 6,500 turf races. And so it, it's just, I see that the public, the horse players, they want to see more turf racing. I think it's, and myself, I've owned and bred horses, and really the horses I've done the best with in my career as an owner or breeder have been turf horses. Um, I just find that horses run more consistently. Um, they, they can race longer into their careers, and it's nothing against dirt racing. I know that's the staple of North America, but I want to do everything I can to promote turf racing. And so that's where Turf Talk 360 came from. Our editor is Jenny Reese, who for many years was with the Courier Journal and is absolutely as good as it gets in our game in terms of understanding it, promoting it as a writer. You know, I'm I'm preaching the choir, I know here, but she's the (laughs) editor. So what you're going to see is you're going to see a Turf Horse of the Month. You're going to see Turf Racing. We're going to spotlight different rides. We're going to have statistics graded stakes and in a lot Jenny's doing recaps every week so we're going to really focus on turf racing from the horse player to the horseman and our first sponsor is Phasic Tipton and as you know Phasic Tipton is doing a turf showcase of yearlings which I think is a great idea and so we're going to work together very closely with them to make sure that that first auction is a success it's September 10th this year. Yes, very interesting and uh, should bring a lot of people in from all over the world and then segue right into the Keeneland sale. I think Keeneland was, was happy to see that because there's going to be so many international people uh, in the Lexington area. Uh, and I think that Phasic uh, Tipton sale is going to be a part of it. I mean, uh, we spoke off the air that uh, Boyd Browning uh, pointed out that more than 40% of all the graded stakes races in the United States in 2017 will be grass races. You know, this is becoming a much more global sport, and you're going to see more and more international wagering. And our horses are going over to places like Royal Ascot, and they're doing quite well. So we breed the best horses in the world in Kentucky for a number of reasons. I believe that. And we also breed a lot of good turf horses. So there are people from all over the world that will come here and buy our top value turf horses. And what we're finding is, you know, Kentucky Downs is somewhat helpful because we pay 
such high purses, you know, 130000 for a maiden special weight purses. And, you know, we have stakes races anywhere from two hundred to 600000 So someone can buy a yearling or a two-year-old that maybe has some turf breeding, and I'm telling you what, they're going to point them to Kentucky Downs. But they also may run at Ellis Park, where their maiden specials are $40,000. And as you know, Ellis Park has a great turf course. They also have a really, really good dirt course, but their turf course is a big, wide turf course. It's a one-mile turf course. So I think we're building up more turf racing in Kentucky We've got these international buyers and North American buyers now who are coming in looking for turf horses. So let's give them a, an opportunity in an efficient manner to buy turf horses. Well, Corey, you certainly have taken a huge uh, step in that direction by assisting your fellow Kentucky track. Uh, I understand that the Kentucky Horse Racing Advisory Committee has uh, approved a transfer of at least three hundred thousand. But we think, by, if everything's uh, you know signed and sealed, that as much as a total package of one point six to five million in purses will go from Kentucky Downs to Ellis Park this year. Yeah, we uh, have a great relationship with the Kentucky HPPA and have worked with them to take some of our excess purse money and move it to Elvis Park to benefit all horsemen in Kentucky. So this year that will be at least $1.35 million in purse money. Then also we went before the Kentucky Thoroughbred Development Fund Committee, and that committee approved the transfer of 300000 in KTDF money. So that's a million six fifty. And they're really working hard to do a good job down at Ellis Park. And what we're finding is Kentucky horsemen, rather than shipping to the East Coast with some of their two year olds and three year olds, they're able to keep stay at home, keep their horses at home and run some good ones. And I think the poster boy for what we're doing is not this time. You know, he was within basically a neck of being champion two year old last year and he was in Kentucky the whole time. He ran at Ellis Park, he ran at Churchill, I think he ran at Keeneland, and then went on to, you know, do, you know, really great things at the Breeders' Cup. And then unfortunately had an untimely injury. But that's what's happening. You know, these guys are staying in Kentucky. A lot of good horsemen. See, one of the advantages we have in Kentucky, we have great horsemen here. Not just the trainers and the grooms and the exercise riders, but the farriers, the veterinarians, the vet clinics. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I mean, we have a horse that has a wonder, thank God, has a wonderful chiropractor as a veterinarian. He's able to keep that horse in place, and the horse is a good horse because he gets that extra care. And so that's a real advantage. So now these people, instead of moving out of their homes for three months, can stay here and they can work on their horses, and it's just a much easier lifestyle for them. You know, Corey, you're touching on a point that's always been close to my heart as an ambassador of racing, and that is enlightening people to the fact that we are an agricultural industry to a certain extent, and I use that as a very broad word because you named many of the people that you know that they watch the Derby and they see some Sheiks and Baffert and you know the guys are at the top of the game, but they don't understand that for every horse, there's the real estate that was bought to. Uh, uh, create the farm that there's the the workers on the farm uh, the guys that got to you know 
paint the fences. There's the veterinarians. There's the people that care for that horse from the moment it comes out of the mare to the moment that it's ready to be broken. And then there's the transportation. There's the feed. There's the yeah. hay. And it's just it, – it's, it's a huge uh, stone dropped in the pond racing is you know it's not just at the tracks and too many people concentrate on that and i think what you're doing by trying to keep as many horses as you can in kentucky is contributing contributing to the good all the goods and services that go into this uh, game and uh, create tax benefits for the state yeah i'm also the chairman of the board of keep which is the kentucky equine education project and our goal is to is to promote and all breeds, all disciplines, and educate not only the citizens of the Commonwealth, but also the elected officials about the impact of the horse industry in the state. And you're right. We have a campaign, and Jenny's working on it. It's called We Are Your Neighbors. And when you're in Kentucky, your neighbor might be an exercise rider. It might be a jockey. It might be a guy that works at the feed store. But there are a ton of people connected to the horse industry in the state. The one thing I've really been gratified about is that last summer, virtually every stall at every track and every training center was taken in Kentucky. And that's where you're developing those young horses under ideal conditions and then going out and racing them. And and so I I really uh, believe in the blue sky for Kentucky. Um, the reason is historical horse racing is just now hitting its stride. I mean, Keeneland, you're seeing a little bit of what's going to happen in the future. $70,000 maiden special weight races at Keeneland. And it's due to their partnership with the Red Mile and their historical horse racing efforts. And that's just going to get bigger. Lexington is going to be a great market. I know the people at Turfway are long into their planning stages and hope to have historical horse racing before the end of the year. So now we're going to have really all the tracks. I see Churchill coming on board very soon. So now you're going to have big purses at all the tracks. And I I really feel strongly. And, And not only does it help Kentucky, but I really believe it helps Ohio. It helps Indiana, Illinois, West Virginia, because we're producing horses they're staying in the region and they can run all over and i think it's an advantage for all horsemen absolutely and Corey, uh you know all i can say is uh you know we talk about people being ambassadors of, of this of the sport i mean you, you've got to be one the, the chief justice perhaps i mean you've just done a <laughs> sensational job at every level at which you've performed and you continue to do so so i have no problem helping you spread the word uh, through these airwaves and uh, i wish you nothing but the best with uh, uh, turf talk 360 i wish the best to phasic tipton when they uh, have their sale coming up here on september 10th and I hope to see you at the races sometime soon. Take care, Corey. Thanks for all you do, too. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. That was Corey Johnson with Kentucky Downs and really representing the world of horse racing in general. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we're going to look at some really, really talent-laden fields that are going to go to post at Oaklawn Park with the Daily Racing Forms' Mary Rampolini. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a regular, when we head out to the other side of the Mississippi River. I like to reach out to the Daily Racing Forms, Mary Rampolini. Uh, she comes from a racing family, and she is on top of things uh, at the every track she works at. But this week, Mary's been a very busy girl because there's a great card both Friday and Saturday at Oaklawn Park. Mary Rampolini, how are you doing? Hi, John. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing real good. I'm doing real good. I'm on the right side of the grass. I'm not in jail. So from there, everything's gravy <laughs> the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're getting ready for the racing festival of the South. As you mentioned, the the uh, the two biggest cards of the year at Oakland are Friday and Saturday. Well, uh, let me uh, let me talk to you about a couple. You've got uh, two uh, very interesting races for the for the ladies on Friday. Of course, uh, the one that could uh, impact the uh, Kentucky Oaks would be the fantasy. And I uh, did a little bit of homework here, and I'm seeing no less than one, two, three, four, five horses in the field that are trying to nudge their way into the field or could get hopscotched over and get bumped out of it. They're kind of right on on the line. Of course, uh, this race holds uh, uh, the most points of any, you know, final Philly race, uh, 100, 40, 20, and 10 to get into the Oaks. So just kind of give me a thumbnail sketch of how you see the, the grade three fantasy. It's $400,000 a mile on the 16th. How do you see it shaping up? Yes, John. Um, like you said, this is this is this is the last stop for these Phillies to get points toward the Kentucky Oaks, and so that you know that makes kind of a sense of urgency with this race. And they did draw twelve Phillies. I liked I liked the Philly name Vexatious. Uh, she ha- she uh, has come in for trainer Neil Drysdale. 
She was third in the Fairgrounds Oaks, and since then she shipped up into Oaklawn and has been settled in here. Um, you know, with Farrell winning the Fairgrounds Oaks and kind of being one of the top choices, uh, one of the leading candidates for the Kentucky Oaks, that's a nice company line for Vexatious to have finished third to her. And, uh, you know, this is a filly, a beautiful filly, really, and she's she's out of a mare dream of summer who won the apple blossom, and she's a full sister to creative cause, Vexatious is, and a, a full to Destin. So she's really, she really has a lot of potential, this filly. So I, I liked her, Benner Island's a filly that ran a big race last time in the Honeybee, the local prep for this, and really there's, there's quite a few options uh, in this race, John. Yeah, there are. I didn't know that about the breed line of Vexatious. That's very interesting. So uh, this filly's got a huge uh, upside to her. And it's been a while since uh, Neil Drysdale's hit a home run. Of course, looks like uh, Kent DeSormo, the regular rider of Vexatious uh, on the West Coast, is going to uh, be in hot springs for the day. And um, the way I see it is if she even runs third, she'll probably get a stall in the Oaks, but, uh, you oh, okay. know, she really, you know, I mean, she's been running behind the Oaks favorite, Farrell, right. you know, three, right. you're three and a half links behind Farrell. Uh, that certainly uh, g- gives you track cred. That's true. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Nice company lines. And if you'll notice two back, this filly, she actually ran against Colts and uh, was third against that group, which it was Battle of Midway. Uh, reached the world. Nice group of Colts that came back and ran ran fairly well. Uh, ran well in the Santa Anita Derby. So, so some really nice company lines on this filly. Yeah, and and uh, Benner Island, who who you mentioned, um, just won, won the Honey Bee, and uh, a horse she beat someday soon came back and just ran third in the Grade One Ashland Stakes at Keeneland. Uh, so she's been keeping good company too, and uh, she's another one that should she even hit the board probably will have the option to go into the Oaks. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. And then, um, you know, I do think ever so clever. Unfortunately, she's stuck in the 12 hole. But, um, you know, she's a filly that's run very well at Churchill. She's placed in uh, the Pocahontas and Goldenrod up there, a pair of grade twos. And um, she's worked very well for this race. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what she does here. Well, it's going to be an exciting Friday at Oaklawn Park. Of course, the Apple Blossom always draws uh, top fillies and mares. Of course, 600000 and a grade one will do that. But I don't think you could have drawn a better one than Stellar Wind, as I reminded my audience at the top of the show. Name the horse that beat Beholder twice last year, and she's already been installed as the odds-on favorite. Yes, very, very exciting to have Stellar Wind start what is uh, expected to be her last year of racing um, on Friday here at Oaklawn. And, you know, when she got off the, off the plane, uh, the van coming over to Oaklawn on Tuesday, she just really looked tremendous. This is her filly that just shipped in from Southern California. She made a very favorable um, impression, and, of course, she is a champion. Well, as I said at the top of the show, uh, you, you've been a, a very busy girl. I've been looking at your, your Twitter account, and you seem to be right there every time these horses get off a of van, Mary. <laughs> yes, I think we kind of all anticipate them coming, so it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot of planes in and out uh, bringing champions in and out, so we, we try to make it for the champions, John. 
Well, you, you've done a good job, and you, you just—I don't know when you sleep, but I guess uh, during during this festival, uh, you probably forego a little bit of sleep to get out there and and, and take a look at, at the uh, the horses. We'll tell you, let's um, let, let's uh, move on to one of the shall I say lesser races, if there is such a thing. Because after a commercial break, I want to come out with the Arkansas Derby, but the uh, Count Fleet Sprint Handicap. It's Grade Three. 400,000, if you want to call that a, a lesser one, but uh, brings together uh, an in- interesting group, and I'm having a hard time separating them. Uh, how, how do you read the field for this sprint? Yeah, you know, John, I think Whitmore will be the favorite in here. He's um, really had an impressive Oakland season. He's uh, started here twice. He's run two six furlongs. Races in 108 and change, uh, very quick races, of course. Uh, Triple-digit buyer speed figures for both of those efforts. So he looks very good on paper. Uh, in this race, he, he has a nice off-the-pace style, and he should get a setup, I would think. Um, you know, Chief of Staff has some speed on the rail. Um, Black Bear is a very quick horse. Holy Boss is, of course, uh, quite quick. Uh, Mo Candy should show speed. He was close to some quick fractions out in Southern California. So, so Whitmore should get a setup in this race. Um, but, you know, Holy Bull's a real class horse, too, as a grade two winner. He's really, really uh, one of the most proven horses in this field for that credential. Well, uh, again, we're, we're, we're talking about the Count Fleet Sprint Handicap, uh, one of a handful of uh, just fantastic races. They're going to ha- happen at Oaklawn Park. Mary, uh, for, for our listeners that are going to be handicapping some of these races, um, have you, um, A, what's the weather report? Uh, sure. Um, it is supposed to be in the um, high 70s on Saturday, for Saturday, and um, there is a 40 per, uh, 40% chance of rain, but that is for the evening. That's evening thunder showers. So hopefully we'll have a clear day. The track was fast today. It was a sunny day today. And uh, I look for more of the same tomorrow, Friday. And then again, Saturday. I-, I think that rain is really not supposed to move in until the evening, John. Good, good, good to hear. That'll help some of our handicappers. Also, again, as you, you beautifully kind of set this uh, race up uh, with, uh, you know, the the speed horses, obviously, <laughs> I have a horse call, a race called the Sprint Handicap. There better be some speed horses in there, but it does look <laughs> like it sets up very well for, for Whitmore. Has there been any bias over the Oaklawn Strip? Um, I wouldn't say a bias, but I would tell you that the, the, the Oaklawn Strip has been a, a faster surface. I would call it a quicker surface this year. Um, we've seen quicker times earlier in the season. Um, usually the track tends to kind of get uh, tighter as the weather allows for more water on the track as the season moves along. But we've really had a quick surface right from the start. So that's that's really probably the most notice, notable difference to me from, from years past. Well, good. Well, I wanted to know that, too, because uh, after we uh, take been, a Yeah, it's bro- been a mild winter here. It's been a very mild winter, John, so... Good for you, because I always remember usually in the beginning of the meet, you know, the first thing you see is racing canceled at Oaklawn Park, you know, and you get images of these, you know, blaring snowstorms or breezes or (laughs) sub-freezing winters. So you you didn't have to cancel much at the beginning either? No, not at all. No, it's it's been really mild, and that's probably, you know, obviously contributing to the quicker surface. They've been able to put, you know, water on it 
earlier in the season, you know, some of those really cold days, you can't, you can't do that or you'll have a frozen, you'll have a frozen surface. So, um, yeah, the weather being mild has also contributed, I think, to that quicker surface earlier in the season. That has continued. Good, good. Well, it's it's been mild up here too. Only got the snow blower out once this year, so that, that's not bad at all. I'll I'll take it. But uh, so I think what we'll do is we'll go a little bit of a break, uh, probably a minute or so early here, because uh, the Arkansas Derby, um, like uh, the Oaks, the the Derby. Uh, is going to have some impact on some horses here as far as the leaderboard getting into the Kentucky Derby. So uh, I want to spend a little bit more time on the Arkansas on the Arkansas Derby, and then of course we will hit the traditional Oaklawn handicap, that being a grade two, seven hundred and fifty thousand on the line. We're talking with Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Form, our correspondent. During this segment for Oaklawn Park, going to take a little bit of a break here right now. We come back, we're going to cover those races and take a look at some more racing at Oaklawn Park. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, our guest right now is Mary Rampolini. She works for the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, is covering the races at Oaklawn Park this week. And we've got, uh, as we stated, a, a solid, solid card both Friday and Saturday. Um, Mary, are there any other things that, that go along with the celebration of racing these these two days? Are there, you know, parties or things like that that uh, go on? Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, this evening they are having the um – chaplaincy banquet and and they really have expanded the event this year it's actually being held in the hot springs convention center so that is actually a very um big event 
uh, here during the course of the meet. The infield uh, will be open on Saturday. That's a big party. They have a lot of activities for the kids out there and and for for the adults there's all kinds of you know stuff going on during the races there so that so that's another big thing but uh yeah i think there's a lot of excitement for the week and and really the focus is on these big races well uh there certainly should be for the arkansas derby because uh you know it's a it's a race that is obviously going to launch one or two horses into the Kentucky Derby, uh, 140, 20, and 10 points will go in the uh, final big race. They say that really the points in the Lexington don't mean anything. Um, so th- this is the last big one for for the three-year-olds. Now, I guess the horse with the biggest question mark hanging over his head is Classic Empire. I love this horse. I loved him as a two-year-old. Uh, obviously, I mean, he was uh, the Eclipse Award-winning champion. I guess you could call him undefeated if you throw out that one race where he wheeled at the start and threw Irad Ortiz down on the ground. Since that, he's had uh, Julian Laparu up for every start, as he will on Saturday. And so, I guess... After his third place in the Holy Bull when he was one to two, there's been a lot of question marks about this horse. Now, I'm a big Mark Cassie fan, and I know that he wouldn't be running a horse if the horse wasn't 100%. But you've got to admit, from reading the Daily Racing Forum over the last couple of months, um, the the horse has some quirks. Obviously, he had a slight injury, uh, which has to be cleared up because Cassie wouldn't start him if he wasn't. But I guess at the training center, he's he's pulled uh, some, you know, questionable antics uh, going to the gate in the morning. Of course, the layoff from February 4th is is a huge question mark. What's Mary Rampolini's read on on Classic Empire? Well, you know, um, John, in interviewing Mark Cassie earlier this week for work for for, for the Arkansas Derby article that I wrote, um, he gave me a lot of nice background on the horse and, and, uh, He's really good about that, so I could have kind of a picture of what's going on with the horse a little bit. And, you know, he said going into the Holy Bull, in the paddock, this horse really um, just, uh, just uh, his behavior was poor, which was uncharacteristic of him. And uh, they came to find out after the race, and it took a few days to reveal itself, that he had an abscess in, in, in a front foot. And um, that abscess, you know, it, it didn't show itself. It didn't reveal itself right away. In fact, they couldn't find anything physical with him on Saturday night after the race, Sunday after the race. And he said their barn, they have some protocols that they go through post-race exams, you know, looking over their horses. And uh, as all trainers are looking out over their horses after races, they have a checklist. And um, this did not really reveal itself till Monday. He said he really couldn't move around on Monday. And uh, the abscess itself didn't pop till Wednesday. So what that created is you have that situation going on, and then this horse had some back issues, and it's believed that maybe compensating for the foot led to the back uh-huh. uncomfortableness he was having. Sure. So they brought in a specialist to address that. So I think they really have moved past a lot of those physical things, but I think it was kind of more like a chain of event things that are happening. I can tell you when the horse uh, arrived Tuesday, it's the first time I've ever been around him, excuse me, Wednesday. 
he was very calm and collected, and Mr. Cassie says he is that type of horse, and he just settled right in, grazed. There was other activity around him. There were other horses shipping in around him, and so I liked his demeanor, and I liked how he trained this morning. I watched him gallop. Uh, He jogged and then turned around and galloped this morning, and, you know, I mean, he looked good to me, um, to me, and I was happy with what I saw today. Well, again, you know, you'd love to see a champion return, and it would be fantastic. And again, he probably doesn't need to win this race for points to get in the Derby, but I would like to see him win this race to kind of shake things up at the top. Not that there's any huge standout at the top of our Derby picture right now, but let's face it, he's got to go to post uh, against a horse by the name of Malagasy, I'll call him, Mary. And this is uh, a son of Shackelford, uh, who is uh, you know undefeated and had a great trip over the uh, Oaklawn uh, Strip in the Rebel Stakes. So he's already a graded stakes winner, undefeated. Uh, broke his maiden by 15 lengths, came back with an easy optional claimer, the 97 buyer. Got a 91 for his Rebel win, and he just kicked clear in that race. He probably could have gone faster if he wanted to. Now we got, uh, I believe, uh, several horses, uh, Sonneteer and Untrapped, uh, coming out of the Rebel Stakes. Um the post, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Todd Pletcher wasn't doing flips about the post that he drew. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult post definitely for this horse, but the good thing, John, is that he does have, you know, really good speed. This horse has natural speed. and You know, um, what was nice, when you watch his rebel, he, uh, he um you know, he, he moved up real quickly into position. I mean, he's got really good speed and, and then settled right where he needed to be, right behind the leaders. But um, so he seems to be like a very rateable kind of horse and a, a horse that's easy to manage. Uh, yet he has this great speed, which, you know, I think you probably want to utilize it if you got it with a 12-horse field to get up out of trouble if you can get up and stay out of it, you know. Right, and it'll just be interesting. Uh, you know, again, we're going a mile and eight, so they got a little more uh, room to run to the first term. And you heard it a lot. I know that some guys say, okay, so I'm outside. I'm going to lose some ground. At least I get to see where everybody else is as I go into the first turn and get position, uh, which sometimes can be an advantage, you know, versus the ground that you're going to lose in those first 100 yards. But it looks to be a great matchup. Well, it looks like I got about two minutes left. So let's just go to another horse that's kind of sitting on the bubble, and that's Untrapped. He's 20th on the Derby list. But he's being trained by a Hall of Fame trainer, and that's untrapped. Again, he didn't draw the, the best of posts, but uh, they say that this. <laughs> I guess he's a he's a bit a bit of a a, a trouble horse in the morning. Uh, uh, sometimes as uh, not as bad as Silver Dust, I guess. But uh, it's interesting in a race this big that Asmussen's throwing blinkers on for the first time. Yeah, you know, um, Steve has uh, worked this horse. Uh, twice uh, with the blinkers and galloped him in the mornings with him leading up to those works. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was saying he most likely would go with the blinkers. He made that decision after having him train even out of the works and the equipment. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, a, a, um, a big plus for this horse. He really made that deliberate decision for the blinkers. And I, I think he's really happy with how he's coming up with the race in talking to him this week. 
And I think he and looking at Lee uh, give uh, Steve a very strong hand in here. Looking at Lee's the kind of horse that's going to love this mile and an eighth. You know, he's the kind of horse that's going to come rolling at the end, and he's run well against Classic Empire. So uh, he's kind of an interesting horse as well for Asmussen. Well, looking at Lee, he's probably going to have to finish second if he wants to get into the Derby, is my guess. But uh, he, he is okay. 31 on the list right now. But anyhow, Mary okay. Rampolini, thanks a lot. You are a font of knowledge. Always a pleasure to talk to. And I hope that uh, you have a great Festival of the South and appreciate you greatly for taking the time to be with us. John, thank you so much for having me. And I always enjoy talking horses with you. All right. Well, you know, it won't be the last time this year for sure. That's Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum. Of course, I also want to thank Corey Johnson, who uh, is just one, one of the best uh, ambassadors for racing that there is. He's willing to uh, give up some of his own Kentucky Downs money to see another track in Kentucky th- thrive and uh, keep the sport uh, healthy as ever in the bluegrass stakes. I want to remind you, with all of these great races over the weekend, you've got to pull down your e- Easy win forms on winningponies.com. I uh, relayed off some of the top winners uh, to you. They're not all going to be $3,267, but we're going to give you some winners for sure. So go to winningponies.com and pull down the easy win forms. I thank Corey, I thank Mary, and I thank you for listening. Uh, Tell a friend about this race uh, program because it's going to be on podcast. They can listen to it. I want to thank Matt Widener, our producer. And I want to wish you the best of luck. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.